Mr. B does have a soft side. He's not all villain. He's just He's not the villain of that dog. He's, he's just, just smooching a pupper. Sometimes you gotta smooch a pupper. Yeah. This is a very smoochable puppy. It's a very smoochable puppy. Look at her. She's oh, oh, she's oh, oh. Hey, oh my goodness. <laughs> she's enjoying the, the, the those snugs. <laughs> you guys yeah. uh have you guys played Overwatch recently? No. I actually I've yeah, never played, played it recently. It's an excellent game. I would say it's one of the best competitive first-person shooters ever made. I don't play competitive games. For a game that's lasted as long as it has, like, people still play it and it came out years ago. Yeah. She's sleepy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And for a a big-name title, like, it's made by Blizzard, for, it's almost unheard of for you to pay one flat price and keep getting content over the years like no one does that anymore yeah that's hard because they're raking in that cashola on the the mtx and them loot boxes i i like normally i don't like loot boxes i think overwatch goes about it a pretty good way like they hand out those fucking loot boxes just for playing the game yeah i used to have loot crate did you for a couple for like six months Cool. Oh yeah, you had that's, like a, that's, that's a very you had cool. a loot crate like display, and I gave you uh, Frankenhooker. Yeah, <laughs> Frank it's yeah, the, that display is packed away currently from when we redid our flooring. Oh sure. I put it away, and then with the dogs, I got to figure out how to get it up higher. But because uh, yes, Frankenhooker is still in the rotation. Oh hell yeah! Right next to you know, right next to VHS copy. Neon Maniacs. Neon Maniacs. Oh, last forever. That's why I knew you were the right person to trust with uh, Frankenhooker. Right, and Neon Maniacs. A, I just kind of took. A relic. Do you have a VCR? No, that movie, you can't watch that movie. Yeah, you can. It no, can't I don't have a VCR. Watched. I don't have a VCR. <laughs> I've watched it once. Me, me and Blair went to. Uh, and if uh, that was on a stream. We, we went thrifting last year, and we I bought a VCR, and um, I bought. Uh, a VHS copy of the Buttercream Gang and the sequel <laughs> and the sequel, and the sequel. <laughs> like and they're in perfect and condition. Turns out they were. The turns out they weren't pornos like he had hoped. Buttercream <laughs> Gang, yeah. And then that all was like the search for Curly's gold or something like that. Yeah, High Noon at Mega. High Noon at Mega. Mountain. Mountain. Oh, we used to watch that. <laughs> we did used to watch because we went to Walmart in the the bin. That's and the one we with ended up getting Hogan, all right? four of them. Yeah, I think like so. One was a three movie set and then we found High Noon by itself or something like that. You guys want to hear my thoughts on the Three Ninjas franchise cuz I got a lot of them. <laughs> I would I would love to you hear guys. your thoughts. The kid they well the thing about uh, pass the pepper Mr. B. The thing about uh, <laughs> High Noon at Mega Mountain. I mean they recat they recast the kids through the movies. Right. Yeah. Okay. Kind of weirdly, but the because they always want him to stay young. Forever. The kid they get to play Colt has got a dumb face <laughs> with a severe lisp. Like I don't know how you could be an actor with that bad of a lisp. 
Uh, Which one is this? Is this the Hyena Mega Mountain? This is Hyena Mega Mountain. Okay. Where they're like basically teenagers, but Tum Tum gets younger. <laughs> yeah. Tum Tum, Tum get, like. He's like a fetus. Yeah, no, he's like four, four or five years old in the last he's, he's movie. It makes super, no sense. Super dumb kid. And then, like in Three Ninjas Kick Back, he's old enough to be on the same baseball team as his brothers. And then it he makes turns no into sense. A, a kid with uh, curly blonde hair. But I digress. Well, obviously, Tum Tum is not just a ninja. He's obviously a sorcerer. Right, he's oh, obviously he's a, he's a shapeshifter. A, he's a regular Merlin. Yeah. See, that's what they don't get into um, in the fifth installment movie that never got made. Yeah, oh. they were going to, they just couldn't get the budget for all the... Have you guys sources. seen the, the the knockoff with Gary Daniels and Robert Zadar called Pocket Ninjas? Oh, Pocket Ninjas! No. I it, it, it makes I High Noon at Mega Mountain look like fucking... I don't know, Citizen Kane. Is Hulk Hogan in it, though? No, Gary Daniels is in it. He's the biggest star. Does that fit into the the same universe? Fuck your condom! So they... I want to finish my thought on the stupid cult from my name. No, please do. So he's got this severe lisp, and whoever wrote the script for this poor kid gave him all the fucking (laughs) S-words So... um, his girlfriend's name What's is like name? Samantha Samuels. Rocky, <laughs> Rocky uh, ditches his two brothers to go hang out with his girlfriend. Fucking typical and Rocky. Colt, Colt is uh, explaining to their new neighbor why he's acting this way. And, like I said, he gets all the S words. Like, don't mind my brother. He just gets a serious case of the stupids. <laughs> It's almost like they 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 wrote the like, script. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> they wrote the script. Break. They wrote the script before they hired the kid. Then when they hired the kid, they were like, "Should we get the writer to do a rewrite?" It's not in the budget. No, not in the budget. Why, why did they think it was Hulk Hogan? Did they think, I think it was they paid cute? Hulk Hogan extra for him to not wear a bandana on camera? <laughs> You see his dumb bald head. The rest of his life, he's just got a bandana plastered to the top of his head. <laughs> Dave Dragon. I work with a I work with a guy named Dave Dragon. That's his real name. Dave That's not awesome. Like Dragon. It's spelled like Dragon. Dragoon. Yeah. But is he, is he Russian? With, I, I he's Slavic of some kind. Yeah. yeah. I wish I wish Neon Maniacs was big enough to have, to be on a streaming service. It's on they, Amazon, but you have to. It's not on Prime. Right, no, but something that more people could ha- easily access, so we could do a commentary episode. Yeah, but I mean, it's no good if no one can see. I bet. I bet if I if uh, I write the fucking company that owns the rights to it and just ask if I could have the rights to Neon Maniacs, he'd be like, "Get it the fuck out of here! I don't care." <laughs> yeah. Well, how, how long? Do what how you long, want with it? How, it's it's got quite a ways before it becomes public domain. Though. Oh yeah, no, definitely. But some pissant company owns the rights. Like just give us five bucks. Get our face. Let's see. This is Blumhouse. (laughs) This was was their first movie. The fuck is this? Oh, we got Blumhouse. Is uh Blumhouse? You know they were into that dark universe. Blumpkin House. Blumpkin House. Blumhouse. Jason Blum does like the Conjuring, Insidious movies, Last Halloween. Um. Oh, Oh, that was me. I did that. I'm sorry. The table bumping Nazi has become. I, I've, table bumper. Um, I've become everything I hate. <laughs> the uh, scene they're going to do that dark universe with all the remakes of the Universal Monsters, right? You yeah. Know? 
and then the mummy was just and the Tom mummy Cruise was, was just butt. terrible. It was butt. Yeah. Um. Well, apparently they're they're gonna still try to do it, but now uh-huh. they've given it to Jason Blum at Blumhouse. Uh-huh. And so he's doing the Invisible Man, but they got Johnny Depp out of there. I don't know who's playing him yet, but you know, Blumhouse bring the Universal Monsters back, so I'm excited. Because it could have been cool if the yeah, Mummy wasn't a piece of shit movie. I feel like uh, being an invisible person would have been a, a perfect, uh, perfect role for Johnny Depp right now. He needs he needs the money, but he doesn't want to be seen. <laughs> so. I, I was curious about that one. I just it was saw bad. the uh, Abby and I just saw. Um, well, the two other mummies were on Amazon Prime. Oh. And then uh, they just added the uh, Jet Li one. I can't remember what it was. Oh, Two of the Dragon Emperor. Two of the Dragon Emperor. Ridiculous movie. The movie sucks ass, Ooh. but it's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They make It's a good thing they made friends with that girl that can summon yetis. That can summon yetis, yeah. <laughs> they would have and the yetis, the yetis have like personalities. Yeah, they like they like the, the yeti like throws a Nazi into another Nazi, killing them both on impact. <laughs> and then and then, and then the yeti looks at the other yeti and goes, huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> "Love throwing." Yes. Yeah. Well, I would too. Nazi throwing yeah, yetis. True. Fuck Nazis. It's it's um, a fun movie and that in a weird different way than the first two were fun. I loved but those first two movies. If you, oh yeah, me too. Here, here's the thing. Here's where you where you fucking where you blew it. Rachel Vice. How oh, do you how do God. you fucking how no, do you? Yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah. And that the the Tom Cruise one definitely makes you miss Brendan Fraser. Really, Brendan yeah, Fraser is yeah. just a—he's a delight. Yeah, well, the, that guy needs to—that guy is. needs to get more work. Tom Cruise can't turn a phrase as. No, he's not and as, Jake like, Johnson tries. Funny. He's good in it, but I mean, he's Jake not Johnson's the lead. Johnson's on that movie too. Yeah, he's like Tom Cruise's like right hand man. Oh my gosh, uh, but uh, yeah, is it more scary? It tries it's to just, be. I think yeah, it's just more dumb. More dumb. More cash. Grab. Yeah, it's just, it's just yeah, it's. It's you know what I was just no, thinking? They tried to make it a mummy movie, but like, hold on, how can we make it as most like Mission Impossible and get Tom Cruise to do as many stunts as possible? <laughs> if someone is your right-hand man, does that mean they jerk you off? Most definitely. There's a scene in that. I'm hey. left-handed. I'm left-handed. I jerk off. What oh. is this? Well, then you're... You, you think I can get off with my right hand? Get out of here. I'm ambidextrous. Right hand so is I, useless. I jerk off with my left hand. Well... I'm sure you could, Mr. B, but I think you could rub up against a piece of tree bark for a few seconds and reach climax, so that's <laughs> no, not really surprising. No, we discussed this a couple of times. Well, the tree has to have guys, a face, Don. It has to be one of those trees put, that looks like it's you looking at you. You guys are the ones who put your dicks in everything. I did not. It's true. I had, well, true. I had a slightly botched circumcision. I don't have a lot of feeling in my boy. Who's fault so is that? Takes the doctor who, exactly. who cut my penis incorrectly. Let's find him and cut his dick. I have a botched wiener, too. But yeah, but you were. Yeah, you I was, got, born, you got, I was got, born that way. Though. You were born with a botched wiener, it, it boy. It was not. It was not Maybelline. I was born that way. Time <laughs> <laughs> was two dickholes. Yeah. No, he, no, no, it was one. It was just in the wrong spot. My, my mom said he came, he came out and the, and he was peeing like in the wrong direction <laughs> and the nurse was like, oh, go stop it. Oh, jeez. Oh, he didn't pull a uh, me myself. Why am I peeing like I've been up all night having sex? <laughs> No, he was a newborn baby, so... So he was up all night having you, sex. You, you Blair, was, Blair was getting it on early. Jesus Christ. Wrap the umbilical cord around it and... <laughs> He's into oh it. That's why, that's, why, that's why Blair's into auto-rock asphyxiation. Woo! Woo! Anyway. Anywho. We have stuff to talk about, right? Yeah, we do, we do. There's a couple of things I wanted to talk about. What do you guys want to get into first? 
Um, I've got uh, uh, we've got a, we've got a couple of couple of choices. I've got of uh, choice in me our with podcast. the uh, let's uh dealer. I say dealer's choice. I say dealer's yeah. choice. I uh, yeah. I say smiley. Okay. But we'll, I say okay. dealer's. So I say I'm a no. No, because no, in case smiley. Because in case I got a dip, I know more. Of the smiley I can stuff. contribute more to the smiley. Right. Okay, that's fair. So um, if anyone is unfamiliar, it's sort of more of a urban legend kind of thing at this point the uh, the, the smiley face serial murder theory um, so before we start we should mention that it's basically two retired homicide detectives from New York City um, that advance the theory so it's not like it's completely without evidence two you know law enforcement professionals are the ones that advance the theory however it's been debunked by a lot of different um, Law enforcement agencies who say there is no, not enough evidence of patterns for it to be a serial murderer. Oh. Um, it, it's been widely kind of discredited, um, but I think it's super interesting. And some of the cases just are bizarre. And, and they local don't, ties. Most of them are, in are the Midwest. There's a lot of them in the, in the Midwest. They say yeah. most, the pattern is they're all within like 50, 15 miles off of 94. In the different states that it goes to? Right. So the the theory goes, um, there's a lot of, of bodies ever since, I believe, 1997 is when it started. A lot of bodies found in rivers and bodies of water. Usually in cold states and during the winter, most of them. Yep. Um, some of them are drowned. Some of them are not. But their bodies are found in the water. There's um, They're all college-age men. Um, they're all... They meet a certain profile as far as being well-liked, popular, athletic guys. Um, some of them have made troubling phone calls before they died. Almost all of them left bars, although some of them are not intoxicated. Uh, almost all of them are missing one shoe. Um, another thing is some of them have uh, the date rape, GHB, date rape drug in their system. Yeah. Which is Which not is, something you would normally take recreationally. Right, but apparently the the stuff I heard the stuff that can trigger that as a result in a test you know, can be different things that are released in your body after you die can result in that being a positive test really? I heard. Yeah, I've certain certain that. sugars and alcohol or something. That yeah, G- G- GHB is apparently created by your body in small amounts. Yeah. Um, apparently, some of them though are are found at levels that are consistent with with intentional drugging. Possibly, yeah. Um, but not all of them. Not all of them. And that's why they so, kind of debunk because like it could just. Be so like, yeah, it, it's like a lot of these that trying to find you know a connection between these deaths, and the reason it's called and. It's the reason it's called the smiley face murder theory is because they say that near where the bodies are either found or where they suspect the bodies were dumped into the water, um, there's smiley face graffiti, which I think is a red herring because graffiti is like everywhere. Smiley faces are really easy to make. And, and, you, know, and you never know. Some, and and some, they can't prove when the smiley... Like, if, if they could test and say that, oh, yeah, this smiley face was drawn right about the time where the where like he would have died, whatever. Right. But they, they can't do that. There's there's no evidence of, of that, which I think the whole... Like, the naming of it is kind of a disservice to the whole theory because right. it makes people be like, well, fucking smiley faces are everywhere. Because I could see shit? some, you know, dumb kid who once, you know, a couple of these stories started coming out, they were just like... Hey, by the river, by the bars, let's just paint smiley faces just to fuck with people. Yeah. And right. then if someone ye- two years later happens to die around there, then they're like, oh, there's a smiley face. And then yeah. some asshole kid just put it up there years ago. 
Is that what the movie Smiley is based on? I don't the think really so. shitty slasher movie. I think that the... one's based on a guy who like has no facial features and yeah, has a he... smiley face carved into yeah, his blank face. face. Covered, yeah. yeah, I don't think that has anything to do with it. Um, but I did, I did, I picked up a book. <laughs> I picked up a, a book called "The Case of the Smiley Face Killers: Dead in the Water, Forever Awake" by Stephen Young. Um, I think the the introduction to this book does kind of a pretty good job explaining why some people believe that this is more than just. Um, you know, drunk men wandering into the water and drowning accidentally. So it says, Scores of young men have vanished without a trace, only to be found dead weeks or months later in remote rivers or creeks, shallow ponds or canals, in areas that search parties have searched multiple times before, and later their bodies are discovered there as though they've been placed there deliberately to be found. Now, these are some quotes that it's going to um, list off of uh survivors, loved ones uh, of the people who were supposedly victims of this. Um, They go directly into the shallow water, and then they're gone. No ghosts, no memories, as if they never lived in the first place. And then they stay there, awake and afraid. The evil is rampant and deep and widespread. He was tortured, taken to the river and killed, then his body was positioned. We take what we need and leave, understand this. This is necessary. Life feeds on life, feeds on life, feeds on death, feeds on life. That was uh, actually a bit of, of um, graffiti left see, on a, a missing poster of someone see, who was found See, I disagree. Eventually. I feed on life, on life, on death, on life, on death, on death. Well, that's, that's how just, I feed. That's you got more death. This one was kind of troubling. To, to murder a man was an act of the greatest devoutness. The, one of the theories is that it's not a single person; that it's a, a cult of people doing this. Right. Um, this or is what you, they did to my. People that don't know each other, but they're on the dark web, possibly just posting about it. And right. And that's why things are like slightly it, different, but mostly. Right. This is what they did to my son. Someone killed my son. Before Henry died, he was pleading to someone who dropped him in the dark. Henry paid for you to learn the lesson. That morning, he had no idea he was going to die. There is something very sinister happening to college-age men. It's been going on since the 90s and quite probably since before then. It isn't stopping. In fact, it appears to be escalating. Young men attending college are going missing. The numbers are rising as they disappear in what can only be described as sinister and inexplicable circumstances. Then they are found dead, always in water, often shallow water. Very often, however, they have not drowned. There's another quote. He is screaming, pleading and growling in raw animalistic agony. In the background, a voice interrupts his screams and calmly tells him in a cold, emotionless voice, Stop it. Yes. Yes. Stop it. I couldn't get through to him. He couldn't talk. He couldn't tell me where he was. Eight minutes into the call, there was suddenly this ghastly screaming. I started crying. That's from a a phone call that was made. What's the time... When was this? When was that one? Yeah. Well, the, the, they, they're tracing the killings. They're thinking back, what did you say, 97? 97 is... The big is... one was the, the one that I heard broke, kind of broke it and made a theory that might be possibly murders is there was a kid in Minneapolis, U of M student, in 2002 that died on Halloween, mm-hmm. and they found his body like four days later in the Mississippi. They figured, they thought he might have jumped off the Hennepin Bridge, but you gotta climb up some shit to get, or fell off the Hamilton Bridge being mm-hmm. drunk. But you gotta climb up shit to hop off that. They eventually changed that and to four a homicide. Four years later, in 2006, these guys came and looked into it, and that's when they ruled it a homicide. And that's when they started looking back at the other cases, and that's what kind of started making them 
think is this you know a serial or multiple serial murderers people die around that area more often than you'd like to admit from getting drunk and freezing to death or falling into the river or any of that shit which all these happen in the winter months in Minnesota, Wisconsin, yeah. Iowa, Michigan, Illinois, yep. stuff like that. So it's like if you're, dr- I mean, that's why it could. If you're drunk and you f- fall in the river in dead of winter up here, oh. I mean, you could have well, a heart attack from the shock of how cold the water is. I mean, the yeah. the four years I was at the U of M, I think there was like four or five deaths just like that. Yeah. But there was one, but he might, you might get to it. There was one body found, I think, I think it was in Minnesota, that they, where they found it, I don't remember how they did the forensics. But that he had, they feared he had been killed, his body temperature, water, something like that. That he had been killed and stored someplace warm and then yeah. put in the and river. Put in the river. And so, like, he's, his body's not bloated enough or something. I don't remember what it was that he was obviously kept in a warm place until the last day or so. So, um. It's even more unsettling somehow. Yeah. Keeping bodies. I want to talk real quick about a case of a guy named Jeff Giese. Um. He was found drowned in a river in La Crosse, Wisconsin in 1999. The case was investigated by retired detectives Kevin Gannon and Anthony Duarte. Those are the, these are the two guys who came up with the theory. Before you get on the serious stuff, did this kid just get done with the Lineys tour? <laughs> no? I don't think so. Lining Kugel tour? Oh. <laughs> um, so it was investigated by those two detectives along with Professor Gilbertson of St. Cloud University, who is a specialist in gang stalking and domestic terrorism. This young man had disappeared during a night out in a bar. He vanished on April 10th. His body was recovered on May 24th in the river. Now, this is where it gets interesting. A bloodhound, privately brought in by um, by the team of investigators, tracked the boy sent to the Nidabalski Bridge in Wisconsin, where the dog performed a trauma roll, which was indicative of a physical altercation. It indicated that the boy had undergone a physical altercation of some type. The dog's behavior then indicated that the boy had been placed into a vehicle and transported from the spot to where his body was recovered. His body was found in a shallow gravel pit, drowned. He was missing one shoe, which is strangely often the case. The dog tracked away from the shallow pit, however, indicating that someone who had been in physical contact with the boy had walked away from the area after leaving the body. Chillingly, Gannon and Gilbertson point out that this dog also picked up on another missing boy's scent. This boy, Cullen, uh, it's a a fake name given to protect his identity, um, whose mother had witnessed her, who had written of her son's lucky escape after inexplicably finding himself in the same river. So a guy survived one of these attacks and has no memory of it because he was drugged. He woke up in the river. Yeah. That's probably the... Fucking Rufalin. So it says her son was the lucky one because Jeff Giese, his fate was horrific. His body displayed signs that he had been held somewhere for an extended period of time hanging upside down. This is where I'm kind of wondering what the hell is going on. His body had been drained of blood. Hostile 2 style. In another case, the victim had been restrained by the neck and his face and body burnt to a char. Others have no signs of of injury and yet have no water in their lungs, which means, you know, they didn't drown. Right. Um, So others have simply never been seen again. So some of these people that disappear haven't actually shown up drowned. You know, they just disappear into the fucking night. I mean, I'm not alone, right? Finding a body drained of its blood, that's not typical, right? No. I mean, I, would I mean call it happens that to, happens to me 
two or three times a month, but we call it typical. Yeah, but you're atypical too, so it's like yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just my bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I, that, I feel like a case like that you that have to. That sounds pretty murdery. You have to. Well, there's definitely some are murders for sure. That one obviously. The thought that like because there's not like. I know the the idea that there's like the the criminal pathology to like oh a serial killer always does the same things because of this and that and the other thing and blah 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 blah, but like, what if one of those serial killers just got smart and didn't leave a bunch of signs that it was them, yeah. right? Like if they were one of the ones that didn't. Like, I'm going to burn this guy. Maybe I'll drain this guy's blood. That didn't care about I'll, being known. Like, I'll strangle this guy BTK. with my bare hands. Yeah. And then, but I'll put them all in the river and make people think. If the thing that you want is, like, the thrill of ending someone's life, I mean, you'd think you'd be able to mix up how you do it sometimes. Right. You know? Usually those guys, after a couple, that thrill, I think, loses. And they like the thrill of being on the edge of someone catching on to someone and being, yeah. being known. So and I if think some of them, that's why they, they stick to a trademark of after a while. And if it's the idea of a cult, then maybe it's just the only the only thing is like, hey, put them in the river. So what spurred me on to this was actually um, a segment they did on Mysterious Universe about this book from the 70s called Vampires Are. It was written by a, um, a guy who was a, um, a psychologist who was studying vampirism you know not like supernatural vampires but people who thought they had to drink blood to right. survive whatever so what yeah. he did was he set up a hotline basically where you could call in if you were a vampire or if you had something to do with vampires you could call this and then he would you know interview you or um, in some cases give you help figure out what the hell's going on with Wait, you provide you blood bags interview with a vampire yes yes <laughs> that never worked um so this was in the late 70s, and most of the people that he met up with were, um, they had a sexual fetish for blood. So like their their victims, so to speak, were people who consented to it, who mm -hmm. liked getting beaten up, and yeah. um, you know, like being they, 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 he said they, he found these these two vampires, um, this guy and a girl who hired these two female wrestlers who would come over every week and just beat each other bloody and then they would like lick up the blood and have sex on them and stuff Jesus. but it was like consensual right yeah, yeah like that that was like a blood fetishism kind of thing mm -hmm. um it's and then, on the up and up it's and then weird, there was the up up. some people who um basically they were part of what he described as a blood cult so essentially they called him up and they told him, look, we have, I know this is crazy, but you have to help us. There is a blood-drinking demon in this barn. And so he thinks, okay, well, obviously this is kind of juicy. I'm going to bring a couple of guys with me. We'll, we'll try and be safe about this, but we'll go see what this girl wants. Because she really does sound pretty scared. So they drive out to this barn. They meet up with this girl. And there's like three other girls with her. And they're acting really weird. And they keep trying to say, like, okay, well, now let's go into the barn. You know, can you go check out the barn? Go to the barn, go check out what's in the loft. And he realizes in the loft, it's like three stories up and there's a ladder. So when he goes up there, they could take the ladder away and he's fucked. Like he's completely stuck up there. So he's like, I'm not going to do this. We're going to figure out what's going on. Well, as he does that, he notices three or four large men in white robes coming yeah. in from the other side. 
yeah. like sauntering in like they're about to perform some ritual. So he just yells like fucking run and all of his guys, they, they book it to their car and they get the fuck out of there. And they're like, what the hell were they planning on doing with us? Like yeah. they were going to trap us up in the loft and then fucking sacrifice us for this blood ritual. So that's when I thought Stevens on their asses. Th- th- that's when I thought like, you know, a blood cult. That this this guy was held upside down and completely drained of his blood. There was another interesting thing. He had an interview with a person who called herself Elizabeth, and she said she was a four hundred and eighty year old vampire, and she called several times, and like he did his damnedest to try and trick her up, like trying to get her to answer differently or to get her to reveal something she hadn't before, and she just like. She fucking believed what she was saying. And the scary part was, you know, when he asked her, you know, how much blood do you need? And she says, well, I have to drink probably six to eight pints a day. And he's like, do you though? He was like, how do you get the blood? He's like, what do you mean? How do I get the blood? I, I drain a body every day. He's like, how do you get the bodies? And she's like, well, you know, lots of different ways, but I'm not going to tell you my secrets, but like, if she's draining a body, and she eventually explains how she hides some of the bodies in the swamps, where she, um, you know, where she hunts, how she does it. Like, she's like, you know, I don't have fangs. I can go out in the sunlight. It just, you know, um, I don't. Irritate my skin. Right. It, it, it's irritating. Like, it doesn't kill me. She said, I, you know, I like the smell of garlic, but I don't eat it because yeah. all I can drink is blood. Like, and the the weird thing was she was she um was incredibly like you know how you think of vampires as being like super sexual yeah she was like the biggest prude ever like like she actually had grown up in a time where it was indecent to talk about that stuff so it was really interesting eventually she admits to him that she's been lying and he said well wait she's not a vampire well and he said what do you, what are you lying about and she said and then she eventually comes and comes full circle and says, well, I was lying when I told you I was lying, but, but I needed an out. I've told you too much. We can't go any further. And then kind of okay. threatens to kill him. <laughs> like, like if you yeah. fucking keep going with this, like, we're going to meet and it's going to end badly for you. The funny thing is, that psychologist died under mysterious circumstances shortly after the book came out. Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, shit. Um... What but kind anyways, of mysterious circumstances? I don't know. Like, it, I think it was one of those things where it was considered to be natural causes, but he wasn't at the age where that would have been normal. Right. And uh, he tripped and fell on a pile of chainsaws. Yeah. yeah. He tripped and he, fell. He on had a, knife a heart attack that drained out. him of all of his blood. Yeah. <laughs> but that got me thinking. Like, <clears throat> smiley face killers. You know, what if they're a blood cult? They're fucking draining these people and dumping them in the river and. But there, there's a lot of a lot of things about it that kind of do lean towards serial killer. Like the the profile of the victims are very similar. Yeah. Now, also, if it is just drunk people drowning, obviously college age guys, they drink a lot. Yeah. So that would be you know sort of. And I, and I, if it if it is, I think it's multiple killers. Yeah, I don't think it's the same one or two, and that's what makes me lean towards. It's more like people posting stuff on the you know dark deep web about stuff they do and other people liking that and then wanting to do it and then doing it their own way and kind of copycat so then it maybe they get off on it seeming like there's a serial killer you know working away it's around the midwest and stuff right. that's how it goes man you go on the deep web to download more ram and then you wind up being a vampire <laughs> yeah 
The, so dicks just keeps growing. The the deep web is something I don't fuck with anymore. I, I used to mess around with it he a lot. there anymore. Like, uh, there was a, a period in, like, 2012, 2013, where I was really on this bandwagon of, like, fucking no one should get to see what I want to browse, and I'm, you know, fucking yeah. government, get the fuck out. I even ran an exit relay for a while, which is, like, one of the... An exit relay is, like, where your traffic comes out. So in order to keep the traffic secure, there has to be, like, thousands of exit relays where the traffic can show up as. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I ran one of those for a while until I realized that, like, some people were doing shitty things and it was coming out of my fucking IP address because of the exit relay. So I'm like, yeah, no. Yeah, no no more of this. The, 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 the thing that really disturbed me about the dark web is that there's no, like, Google for the dark web. At least there wasn't when... when I was messing around with it. There wasn't, like, a Google you could go to to just search for things on the dark web. You would have to go to these pages where it just had links, and they were categorized. And, like, there was a category of stuff that had to had to specify, in quotes, um, no pedo stuff. Like, you, you, the fact that you have to point that out, that this section is pedo-free, I'm like, I, I'm not going to mess with this anymore because yeah. I don't need this Andrew Boy Toucher bullshit all over my... My fucking computer. Yeah, so I haven't yeah. fucked with the dark web in a long time. But I know a lot of the stories about, like, um, like the red rooms. You guys heard about red rooms? Mm-hmm. You just uh, watch people die. Yeah. Yeah, it's a... it's I, I, there, there hasn't been any evidence that one has ever existed in real life, but it's, like, creepy pasta stories about websites where you pay Bitcoin um, to, like, determine how I kill this guy I have chained in my room, and you get to watch it live, you know? Kind of like Hostel. <clears throat> kind of, yeah. But, you know, the the good news is I, I'm pretty sure that's one of those things that's 100% made up and not a real thing. But it's still creepy. Yeah, and I'd like to believe that's not true for the sake of humanity. Yeah. So the the dark web, I, I, I am fu- fully for, you know, having your privacy while browsing, but the dark web is like 100% not for me. Just wait till you need some more RAM. You'll be back. Yeah, you end up in an unfriended sequel. <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, one thing I th- about the I did a story about the smiley one, and this is I think it's nothing. It's just but the one one girl, one of the victims, the a girlfriend of it, the way her you know to get through her grief or whatever. For a while, she'd like call the guy's cell phone every day, and then for a while, then it was like once a week or something like that. Mm-hmm. And after a certain amount of time, and it would always just go straight to voicemail, straight to voicemail, straight to voicemail, because you know, the guy had been dead and whatever. And then all of a sudden, one time, it actually rang. Like, no one picked up, but it actually rang all the time. Well, was right. his phone missing? I think so. I think his phone was never recovered. But they just They just tra- uh, I think they someone had contacted the company, and the cell phone company said it was just some weird fluke glitch or whatever <laughs> but it's kind of eerie if you've been calling for months every day and always go straight to voicemail and one time you one call time it, it and it actually rings like four times yeah um, yep that is kind of bizarro that would be kind of an alpha move of a serial killer like kill somebody take their phone and then like four months later break into their surviving loved one's house and put the phone somewhere so that when they call it it rings inside the house oh my god that would be that would be an alpha fucking serial killers listening to this. Speaking fucking of, step up your game. Speaking alpha of, move. Speaking of fucked up serial killers, have you, ever, have you finished the Poughkeepsie tapes yet, Blair? No, I can't. I, I can't do the visual style. It's too it's too grimy. Uh, like well, it's not it's not too grimy. It's the they do like the the VHS filtery glitchy stuff yeah. too often. 
And like, I understand it, and it is pretty. There, there's some pretty creepy parts in it, but yeah. Yeah, um, I'd say it's finished, but I get that they do the. It's been a while since I've seen it, but they do the. It's the an VHS older film. movie, so they were probably trying to. Kinda... Well, yeah, well, yeah, and it's supposed to be the guy just was doing it on a yeah super eight camera he had, but yeah, I think the movie was shot in like two thousand or two thousand yeah two or something like that. So, I mean, what do you, what what do you guys think? Do you think it's just random people dying? Do you think there's someone? I think think a decent amount of it is just random people drowning and dying, but I do think a good, half, maybe a decent amount of them, there's some of them it's murder, and some of it's probably multiple people doing it, because I heard about other people doing it, copycats. I think it's probably 60% just accidental deaths. But then there's maybe forty percent of them that uh, I believe are probably some right. Like some of them nefarious. are are, are 60% clearly percent of the time it's actual deaths every, every time. time. <laughs> the like clearly some of these people are murdered, right? Well, and yeah, you don't just you're... lose your blood or be burnt to death, right? Like, you guys <laughs> know what we're what our areas are like. If you're gonna get rid of a body, you don't do it in a shallow river. You, no, you walk into the woods and you dig a fucking grave like a fucking normal killer. Right, right, and you chop all the fingers and toes off, burn them separately, bury them separately, burn the body in the hole, then bury it. Dou- douse everything in chlorine. Obviously. Everyone knows that you bleach everything. You bleach it right. all up. You file the teeth, you poke them out, you scatter them in different spots so it's not all in the same section of woods. Right. Obvi. Obviously. 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 On that note, I gotta dip. Now we're on a fucking watch list. Thanks, Mr. B. <laughs> I'm leaving, so it's just you guys that are on the watch list. All right, so um, final final thoughts, Mr. B, before you leave, before you abandon us. Why you got to abandon us? Uh, I think I said all my thoughts. Okay, cool. I don't know if I got you your thoughts. Oh, here, I'll show you this. We'll record it later, a different time. Randomly, I don't know why, sometimes I'm just dinking around and I walk weirdly just to... You know, be weird or whatever, and, uh-huh. or sometimes you close to reaction. I came with this walk that I think would be the most menacing walk ever. Here, okay, so you got to keep your your back and upper body straight, and the arms got to be straight down. <laughs> okay. Then you do this weird like Russian V walk. <laughs> Watch this. Ready? Russian V walk. Okay. Come, come at me with it. It's not as creepy when my dog Tracer, is Tracer, come here. Tracer, come. Tracer. Let's see if I have enough room for this. Like, you can just look at someone like this, and you're. Yeah. <laughs> what have you done? That's that's my nightmare. So he said I'm about to record me and make the gif of that and add it to the, the compendium. The compendium. Wow. So I'll leave you on that. Mr. B serial killer walk. What if you just quietly whisper to yourself, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, slam me. Sometimes I want to do that if I'm just in like Target and the third, you know, the long aisles. Just having someone just randomly just start walking that way. One, two, three. <laughs> don't make, don't be audible. Just like whisper in your breath. Just have your mouth moving. And just stop and look at him for five seconds. And then, like, dart into the clothes. <laughs> Jesus Dart into the year. Yeah. yeah. Well, you have to do that. All right, Mr. B. Thanks for uh, thanks for hanging out with you us. Thanks for Target. I'll have to take a shit, too. Yeah. All right, boys. Enjoy uh, it's your... It's always a pleasure. Enjoy doing, doing the taxes. <laughs> Got to get done before the government shuts down. Say bye, bye to my dog. I'm gonna. Okay. Bye, puppies. Just the one puppy, actually. <laughs> remember... I'm going to download this when it's done. 
when it's posted later and uh, critique it. Heavily. I'm gonna no. I'm gonna listen if you guys talk too much shit about me. There's gonna be. We'll I, mean, I, ex- the... I expect shit to be talked. We'll talk an acceptable be, amount gonna be, of shit. There's gonna be some wrath. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Say what you want. I'm gonna fuck. I'll try to, rem- All try right. to remember that. Now that that piece of shit's gone, uh, now we can get into the just, real. I think he just threatened us. Now we can get. Uh, no, that was that was a promise. That wasn't a threat. Yeah. Um. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Pretty sure Mr. B loudly leaving is now uh, immortalized. I, I think forever. he was doing the walk upstairs. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking course he was. Scared my wife. <laughs> Oh goodness! Um, so, does anyone in this group of people, the the real, the real members of this podcast, um, <laughs> ha- have any any final thoughts on the smiley face killers before we move move on? Um, when was the last recorded one? Yeah, that's a good question. So, the the first one they can trace back to ninety seven. They think. Yeah. No. They. Um, there was a a guy who drowned. The last one I remember hearing about was someone who disappeared in March or April of 2017. Okay. So, so I it's mean, been it's, a bit. it's. I mean, I'm sure there's. It's still going on. Um, but like I said, it's been the the theory has been kind of discredited by a lot of law enforcement agencies. So most people are just kind of like. They're not looking for patterns anymore. They're just like a... Well, it's in the best interest of law enforcement to do that. Right, you know, you don't want people panicking and stuff. You don't want people panicking and you don't want to look bad if there is a serial killer out there and you can't catch them. Yeah, that's another weird thing too. Like serial killers, they have like these in-depth profiles of them, like how they act, what they do, like where they can predict who they're going to kill and all that stuff and yet so many of them aren't caught like it's come yeah. on what do you what do you got what are you doing law enforcement fucking enforce some laws god damn it well i mean i'm pretty sure like any science criminal pathology is not 100 percent accurate even That's more so true. than most science because it, it is based on the human mind which in I the think, case of a serial killer is seriously damaged and yeah, broken yeah yeah so, you know, despite patterns that you can see, there's probably a lot of shit that you can't predict. Because, you know, people. People, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, we were, you know, a paranormal podcast, and we spend a very good amount of time talking about just serial killers. Because as fucked up as, like, ghosts and stuff are, um, people are still probably the scariest goddamn thing on the fucking planet. Have yeah. you seen the this thing with the, the movie coming out about Ted Bundy with Zac Efron in it? Yeah. yeah. They've had to come out and like really dial it back because apparently the trailer is, makes it seem like they're celebrating him almost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty awkward, yeah. So he and uh, the people that made the movie had, had to come out and be like, it's just a trailer, like they're trying to depict that Ted Bundy was a real charismatic guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was, that's obviously. Really, that's really creepy in itself. Yeah. There's an, another, um, besides that, like, movie version, there's a, a Netflix documentary. Yeah. Oh, the, the, the tapes? The tapes, yeah. yeah. And, and people are complaining about that, too. Like, he comes off as too charismatic. It's like, well, like bitch, that's what that's, happened. That's him. That's how he killed people. He was yeah. fucking charismatic. Yeah, in super PC 
time that we live in right now with everything. Yeah, it's like, I'm sorry, I, I'll go back in time and make him less charismatic. Right. I, what, what do you want from me? That was his thing. He was handsome and charming. That's how that's he how, got, yeah. That's, how, that's he, how he killed as many people as he did. I actually like, saw, uh, like, I when I first heard that it was Zac Efron playing it, I was like, okay. I mean, like, I, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, say anything until I see it. And then the first time I saw an image... And yeah, it was actually an image yeah. of the two of them side by side. I was, I was like, like, "Good God, Jesus!" Okay, that's that's pretty good. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad thing, so, yeah. the um, I actually do want to talk about something paranormal real quick. Now that Mister B's not here to fucking take us off topic, <laughs> um, have either of you guys heard of the the Milford Mine disaster? Uh, other than you mentioning it in the chat, no. Okay. Um, so it was there's a a, a taconite I believe it was a taconite mine in Crosby like Minnesota which is no it's not near the harbor um, Crosby Minnesota which is actually I believe it's pronounced taco night taco night that's the that's the one the taco night yeah so basically what happened was um, in the twenties they were mining down there um, a shaft kind of collapsed in a nearby lake. Um, drained into the mine, Ooh. killed a whole bunch of people. Ooh, that's um, not a it's, good way to go. It's a, a pretty terrible disaster. But um, there's a story about something that happened when the mine reopened that I want to get into um, because it's sort of documented and and uh, it kind of it made me think like these are hardened people who were essentially refusing to work in that period of time because of something they saw in this mine. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to read this. Um, this is a chapter called No Escape from a book called The Nearly Departed. We've actually got into this book a little bit in the past. Um, it's a, a book all about Minnesota ghost stories. Uh-huh. So this one is about the Milford mine. So I'm just going to read it real quick to, to, to y'all. So it says, The worst mining disaster in Minnesota history took the lives of 41 men nearly nine decades ago at the Milford mine. A, a mang- oh, excuse me. It was a manganese ore operation near Crosby. A surface cave-in near Foley Lake caused the tunnels and the main shaft to suddenly flood. Most of the miners drowned in the rapidly rising water or were crushed to death beneath uh, lake mud and silt pushed through the tunnels. Just seven men escaped to tell the stories of their survival. But theirs weren't the only stories told. Months later, after all the victims' remains had been recovered, the mine reopened, and then began the whispered accounts of how the first men back into the mines heard the cries of their dead comrades' terrified spirits and saw their ghost forms floating through the tunnels. Fourteen-year-old Frank Hervatin Jr., first of all, 14 years old, working in a mine, that's fucking horrible. It checks out. Yeah, that's, yeah. (laughs) He uh, never forgot the day when the world as he knew it changed forever. On that cold, blustery morning of February 5th, 1924, so it actually lines up. This is just a couple of, you know, we're only a few days from that, you know, anniversary. So if it was 1924 and he was 14, he was probably a veteran at that point. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. A veteran uh, minor. So it says on that cold, blustery morning of February 5th, 1924, he shivered in the dry house at the Milford Mine as he removed his street clothes and climbed into his slicker and waterproof boots. Because of a high water table on much of the Cuyuna Range, including Crow Wing County, which is where Crosby is, the manganese mines were wet most of the time. The Milford workings extended from a main shaft to the east and west beneath Foley Lake, now named Milford Lake. 
For the most part, the ground in the area was a mossy bog with standing water. But young Frank didn't mind the conditions. He was just as happy to be working instead of going to school. He labored at the 165-foot level, shoveling dirt that remained after timbermen erected the cribbing in newly opened drifts. Meanwhile, at the bottom level of the 200-foot main shaft on that same February day, skip tender Clinton Harris manned the electric hoist that dumped ore from the ore cars into the bucket, or skip, which was then raised to the surface, emptied, and sent back down. Two skips were in use that day, each counterbalancing the other. Harris was substituting for Harvey Rice, the regular skip tender who had called in sick. Fucking lucky bastard. Harvey. Yeah. Uh, known first as the Ida May Mine, the Milford Mine is three miles north of Crosby, some 1,000 feet from the northwest side of what was then known as Foley Lake. The mine is part of the Cuyuna Range, discovered in 1895 by Kyler Adams, and the last of the Minnesota Iron Ranges to be mined. The first ore was shipped from the Cuyuna Range in 1911. At the Milford site, some initial drilling began, began in 1912, but the main shaft wasn't sunk until 1917. Operations began in earnest in 1918, and full production was underway by late 1923, when the main shaft hit the 200-foot level. Now, this is presumably 200 feet down, right? right. Yeah, because you, you mine down. And they didn't mine up into the sky. I don't know why. I, <laughs> That'd be cool, I, though. That would be pretty cool. My, my brain sky works in mining. weird ways. So at, at its height, the mine produced 103,000 tons of manganese ore per year and Jeez. employed scores of men from Crosby, Ironton, Aiken, Trommeld, Manganese, Cuyuna, and other Iron Range communities. Many of the men were newly arrived immigrants from Finland, Germany, Yugoslavia, Austria, Scotland, and Canada. Frank Hervatten Jr., his father... Uh, Frank Hervatten Jr., his father, uh, Frank Hervatten Sr., and Clinton Harris were among the 48 men in the mine on that February afternoon in 1924. The day had been a fairly typical midwinter workday for the men when suddenly, at 3.30 p.m., a tremendous wind blasted through the mine, blowing the men's helmets off and snuffing out their carbide gas mining lamps. Typically, the mine air was cool, and there was never a breeze. The inrushing air was warm. There was some concern, but no immediate alarm. Something had happened, of that they were certain, but no one knew quite what it was. Most everyone put their helmets back on, reignited their lamps, and went right back to work. But then, another powerful blast of tepid air, accompanied by what one survivor called a strange booming noise, made it terrifyingly clear that not only had something gone dreadfully wrong, but the entire underground workforce was in imminent danger. The electricity went out. Someone tripped a circuit breaker. The lights came on briefly, flickered a few times, and then died. The piercing emergency whistle screamed, evacuate. What the doomed men could not have known was that there had been a surface cave-in at, at a worked-out room on the mine's easternmost point. The cave-in opened a slender channel of mud that led directly to Foley Lake. Oh lake water quickly filled the crude canal, and mixing with lake mud and silt, flowed into the mine at the point of the cave-in. Below the surface, the stiff wind blasting through the opening of the site at the cave-in kept extinguishing the men's headlamps. Young Frank heard the roar of water and mud and saw it all spilling down a tunnel. The lake is coming in! The lake is coming in! he cried, running for safety. Old Matt Kangas, a veteran miner, ran as hard as he could, but by the time he reached the ladder, he could barely climb. Did you say old Matt? Old. 
Old Matt so Kangas. I'm picturing him as like an old prospector. Now. Yeah. yeah. Old Matt Kangas. <laughs> so he could barely climb. Frank got behind him, jumped between his legs, and boosted him up the ladder to survival, rung by rung. The water, mud, and silt, a slimy... Keep in mind, this kid was 14. The water, mud, and silt, a slimy ooze, one survivor labeled it, rose in the main shaft as fast as the men could climb up the ladder. Some of the miners trapped in the tunnels were crushed against the walls. Others drowned when the wall of water overtook them. A few brave souls might have been able to save themselves, but many ran back looking for their trapped buddies. It took just 15 minutes for the 200-foot-deep mine to flood all the way to the surface. That's insane. From the hellish pit, the last of the seven survivors staggered to safety, soaked to the waist and encased in mud. They fell exhausted and gasping for breath on the frozen ground where they were attended by co-workers who ran from the mine office and families from nearby houses. The old guy make it? Yes. He, he got hero. Because he, got... he saved himself. Is the fucking fort... The... The fourteen-year-old. The fourteen-year-old hoisted him up. He got between his legs and hoisted him up to the to safety. Uh, miraculously, of the seven miners who made it to safety, safety, not one suffered serious injuries, save for some bleeding in their mouths and ears caused by the suddenly compressed mine air. Right. By nightfall, thirty-three women had become widows. Eighty-eight children had lost their fathers. Jesus. The teenage Frank Hervatin was one of the survivors and one of those children, and his mother was one of those widows. Young Frank stood by the shaft for hours, staring down into the black muck that swelled in the shaft a few feet below the surface. His father was buried down there somewhere. Clinton Harris, the skip tender from St. Matthias, died at the foot of the main shaft. He apparently chose to remain at his post next to the ladder, pulling on the whistle cord to warn miners at the upper levels. It blew for nearly five hours, even after the silt had closed the shaft. Finally, workmen in the surface engine room disconnected the line to the whistle, silencing the last voice from the mine. Within hours of the disaster, uh, within hours, news of the disaster had reached to nearly all communities on the Cuyuna Range. The Crosby Village siren blew for hours, as did locomotive whistles, summoning families to the mine. Some residents stood on the shore of Foley Lake and watched in silent horror as the water level went down, the ice on the surface sinking further still as the frigid water below poured into the mine. A later survey found that water level had dropped a full four feet beneath the ice. Whoa. It it drains so fast that people could see it? Yeah. Other onlookers and family members... draining bathtub. Yeah. Yeah. Other onlookers and family members gathered silently by the entrance to the shaft, trying to will away the inevitable. Uh, Those miners who had not escaped would never come out of the mine alive. New widows huddled, easing their pain by linking arms, their bright shawls shielding their heads and faces from the biting wind and thin, sharp flakes of snow. One man who lost his brother-in-law said that when the women found out what had happened, some of them wanted to jump into the mine to be with their loved ones. By midnight, recovery operations were underway. In the sub-zero temperatures, men took turns operating giant sump pumps that sucked out 12,000 gallons of water and slime each minute. Yet water continued to pour into the mine, filling the small drifts and cross-working. The Crow Wing County mine inspector said he doubted most of the bodies would ever be found. For a while, it seemed he might be right. Problems plagued the cleanup efforts. Pumping crews worked for 12 days to drain the lake. It took three months to dewater the mine. Every time it rained, the water level rose again. Heavy machinery was brought in to assist in the effort. A machine called a sand sucker <laughs> cleared mud from the channel that had been created between Foley Lake and the sinkhole over the uh, over the mine. Power failures were common. 
Isn't that what a sump pump is? I think so. I'm not 100% sure. They had a sump pump and a sand sump, sump pump and a sand sucker. <laughs> Once the water was cleared, the heavy remaining mud was shoveled by hand from the block drifts, loaded into mine cars, and lifted to the surface. The remains of the men were gradually located over the weeks and months of the recovery operation, but the last victim was not brought to the surface until nine months after the disaster, on November 2, 1924. Yet not one man on the, on the recovery teams complained or quit in despair. They were determined to find all the victims so that their families could give them suitable burials. In time, the Milford mine reopened. There was no shortage of miners signing up to go underground again. Manganese was in great demand by the steel industry, and mine owners were guaranteeing steady work to every man who wanted it. Most did. And of course, in almost every case, mining was the only job the men knew. But not a miner on the entire Cuyuna Range was prepared for the horror that lay in the bowels of the Milford Mine on opening day, according oh to Cuyuna Range lore. Not only was there the lingering stench of decomposed flesh, but there was something even more gruesome. Miners said that at the base of the shaft, at the 200-foot level, the men's lamps shone upon a translucent form of Clinton Harris, the skip tender. The ghost's bony fingers clutched the side rail of the ladder, his vacant eyes gazing upward, the whistle cord was still knotted around his waist. The miners staggered back. Suddenly, the phantom whistle screamed through the dark, winding tunnels. The terrified men scrambled up the ladder. They didn't look back as they climbed toward the surface. Not a single one of them was said to have ever re-entered the Milford mine. No shit. <laughs> but in the end, the Great Depression accomplished what the 1924 disaster could not. It forced the Milford mine to close in 1932 when the demand for manganese iron ore declined. Today, the mine is on public land, but not easily accessible to the visitor. The shaft has filled in, but the opening has settled a few feet below surface level. Saplings grow from the depression. Near the old mine shaft foundation uh, for the water tower and pump house... Uh, I'm sorry, near the old mine shaft, the foundations for the water tower and pump house are still visible. There is some indication of the location of the small houses that miners' families rented for $5 a month. They were torn down in the 1930s. Milford Lake is much deeper, an estimated 30 feet, than it was when it was drained in the 1920s, and it laps a short distance from the mine's second shaft, which was built after 1924. A formal historic site to honor miners killed in the disaster has been proposed by Crow Wing County, which owns all of the land on which the mine was located. Plans for the Milford Mine Memorial Park include easier access to the site, a parking lot, boardwalks across the bog, interpretive walking trails, and possibly a canoe landing. Ooh. The county wants to ensure that no one ever forgets Minnesota's worst mining catastrophe, yet not all of the stories may be told in formal history books. A county administrator who researched the Milford mine tragedy said the stories that stayed with him were those told by the miners who went back in after it reopened and saw the ghostly specters and heard the shriek of Clinton Harris's phantom whistle. Huh. The survivors of the Milford mine disaster are gone now, but their stories will live on, as may the ghosts of that selfless skip tender and the 40 men who died with him. God Jesus. damn. So the thing it's that harrowing. the thing that that really stuck with me about that is like picture a fucking miner, right? Yeah. And then picture them in the 1920s in a community where the only work available is mining refusing to go refusing back, to into, go a back mine. into the mine. Yeah. Like those fuckers saw something. Yeah. It's a, can you imagine the legendary adventuring gear that's in there right now? 
That's a haunted mine. That is That's a haunted where they keep mine. That shit. Yeah. Um, as an update yeah. to that, a legendary sword down there somewhere. <laughs> this book was written in like 2009. Since then, <clears throat> it actually is a historical site. You can now get oh, there good. by you can get there by car and you can walk. They have a um, a kind of a walk that actually goes over the lake a bit, and it every like few feet is a. Um, a plank of wood with someone's name who died in the disaster. Wow. We should go. How it's many, like... How many people? Did you say how many people died? 43. 43. Yeah. Was it 40? God, I'm... Oh, 41? 40... 40-something. 40, <laughs> 40 I am terrible at retaining information. It was over 40. Yeah, it was yeah. in the 40s. I remember... You just said it. I know. Um, but yeah, Crosby is... Well, I don't, I don't leave the house for any less than... It it it's like it's two hours away. Like it's not far. We we could definitely definitely make it up there in a day. And uh, I think uh, that story was just crazy because the the thing that and the the other thing is like if if that story was made up, if people were making up that they saw something back in those days, would you want to make something up like that? Like you would be considered a sissy, right? Like oh yeah. Your manhood was a really important thing back also, then. Also, it was literally their only means right. of money at that point. Like right. That, that was the reason they were in that town. Right. It was a mining town. It wasn't like it wasn't like a mining and other stuff. So the fact that they, that they saw something down there that made that them, made them refuse made these to go grizzled, back. These grizzled mining veterans be like, no, fuck that, dude. I ain't going in there. The thing is, it says the, the land is there, right? And the, the lake has is back up it's like 30 feet deep but they reopened the mine which means that the mine didn't fill back in with lake water again right. there's got to be a way to get into the actual mine itself still i'm not saying i want to do that because <laughs> you want to go see ghost man well i mean i Ooh. do the ghost part is is actually the least scary thing to me the scary thing is being 200 feet being underground trapped, yeah being trapped down there with ghost guy right oh a, a place that has, um, in the past, had a lake flow into it. Yeah. Like those are t- like the worst way the to two, die the would two, be like drowning or suffocating in mud. The would two like the worst way ways I can think of to die. Yeah, motherfuckers have both of them at two for one. That's... And it was like frozen. I guess it's a good thing that it it was like almost frozen lake water. Maybe that made it quicker. God, Maybe I so. yeah. <laughs> I really hope. That all of them like, died If you can imagine a 200-foot deep shaft filling up, what did it say, in 15 minutes yeah. to the surface? The fact that the lake drained fast enough for people outside to see it visibly going down yeah, well, yeah. is so if crazy. The, the lake is 30 down, feet huh? deep, and it lowered by four by feet. four feet. Like, that's... Wow. That's fucking nuts. I, I looked at it on Google Maps. Like, it's a decent-sized lake. It's not a, it's not a pond, you know. It's yeah. a decent-sized lake. It's actually cool that area, like the, where the mines used to be, all those old like taconite and manganese mines. A lot of them, the pits are just filled in, and they're man-made lakes now. With like they they like yeah. stock them with fish and stuff. So when you look at it on a map, there's a bunch of these little lakes that are that used to be mines, which is pretty cool. Minnesota's cool. got a bunch of lakes. We've got a we've got quite got a few. A few. Oh, okay. we've got quite a few lakes. We have the land a number of lakes. We are the land of quite a few lakes. <laughs> the <laughs> land of a non-zero number of lakes. A nondescript amount of lakes. That's what it says on our lakes. <laughs> we we says, got yeah. through that story in like 20 minutes. If Mr. B had been here, oh that would have taken 
years off of my that life. That story reminds me of a story that reminds me of a story that reminds me of a story. <laughs> and, but guys, this story, it's fucking. Fuck it's fucking. <laughs> oh, oh, goodness. So yeah, once it, We love him. Once it warms up a bit, I would be totally okay with making a quick day trip out. Oh, that may never happen again. Right. It may never warm up. Do we have to go there while it's cold? It was a blustery day. That's true. We'll go on the anniversary. This last week has been... It's coming up, man. ...something beyond blustery. Yeah. It was... Cold. It was cold. It was a, a vortex of polar air. Did That's you all... see... Did you see, like, the radar of the polar vortex? Yeah. It looked like a pair of tits. Pair of tits, yeah. <laughs> yep. Someone, yeah, I saw a meme. Someone's like, someone needs to tell the polar vortex to put a bra on. <laughs> and then someone, of course, made, like, a Rule 34 thing out of it. Oh, God. <laughs> Fucking pack them puppies up. God damn. My, my dad always says, it's colder than a witch's titty in a brass bra. <laughs> saw that kind of funny that, like, that those are the, those are the witch's titties i can't remember the, we finally saw them i can't remember the name of the stand-up comedian but he was he was doing uh his show in minnesota and he started the show it was like wow it's cold here like i don't know how you guys deal with it it's so cold i was walking to the show and i saw a bunch of people huddled around a witch's tit warm <laughs> 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 That's good. I'm around a witch's Oh, that's good times. Well, um, does anyone have any final thoughts before we wrap shit up? Uh, fuck caves and mines. Mm. I had a movie I watched that I wanted to ask you guys about. It's not, well, like I said, I don't watch horror movies, but uh, I just watched. Uh, Place Beyond the Pines. Oh, I love I like that movie. Yeah, fucking fantastic. Movie. It's a very slow moving movie. But I was very uh, depressed. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's just like yeah, yeah. It's a very depressing movie, but it does have. I giggled hysterically at Ryan Gosling's um, his the voice he uses when he robs, like put it in the bag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it was yeah, fucking yeah. hilarious. I fucking for, love that. For a guy that devastatingly handsome to have, like, face tattoos was a little silly. Yeah, uh, for sure. But, uh, yeah, I still liked it. I yeah, it was... like, the, the one of the ones the lady keeps fumbling is like, fucking put it I mean, I'd, if I were in that situation, I'd probably go... Probably use high, high voice. voice. Yeah. yeah. Break out the high voice. Show up in mean business. Yeah, it's, a, it's the vocal equivalent of fucking going in for a kill shot. <laughs> Don't my gun. So you know you're fucked. Oh, shit. The robber used high voice. Fucking oh, God. Yeah, that Kiss movie, your ass goodbye. That movie was long, but it kind of makes sense why it was that long. Because it spanned a, yeah. an amount of time that you are kind of surprised by. That's part of what makes it good, I think. You're like, oh. Yeah, yeah oh, shit. We're going wow. So you watch yep. the trailer... No spoilers. You watch the trailer, you just see Ryan Gosling. You think the movie's about when? Just yeah, him. when that key moment happens, you're like, okay, well, I you're guess like, we're oh, wrapping it up. Guess we're wrapping like, it up. Oh, no, like, oh, that's no, a third half. way through. Yeah, yeah. No. <clears throat> yeah, that that is a that is a good flick. It's I, an I excellent movie. Yeah. Highly recommend that movie if you have the time and and the patience for a slow burn. It's more of a drama than anything yeah. else, really. Yeah. But and who? If it was the director or the. Uh, the uh, wardrobe, whoever person, 
that told Ava Mendez she didn't need a bra. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say that was, that was Baby Goose that himself. Was baby yeah. Goose, 100%. Like, nah, nah, nah you're good. Here. I'm Baby Goose. He was like, you're going to leave the bra. Do you understand? It works for him, right? Yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> oh, all right, guys. Well, um, that's all I got. Are you guys, you guys good to wrap it up? Yeah. Yeah. Good to see you guys. Fucking. Yeah. Let's do it more it. often. Let's, dude, let's watch fucking it. Let's dude, watch, seriously, let's yeah. Let's watch it. Let's watch it. Until we see something deep, I'm fucking